Welcome to RiskWise, a show about money for Muslims, where you'll learn how to make smarter financial decisions without selling your soul. For the full experience, join us at no cost at riskwise.com. Assalamu alaikum, Risk Nation. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ahmad Munawar. Assalamu alaikum. This is Saeed. Thank you for joining us once again. It's great to be here. Good. So I'm actually going to remember to make the announcements this time. And you okay. have failed. Oh, I forgot to introduce you. Oh, I, no. I thought, I thought you were going to forget. <laughs> I did forget. Good. Now it's now it's awkward because I can't go back. But now that oh. I brought it up, it's it's even more awkward. I know. What are you doing here? Defender of financial freedom, Saeed Ali. Saeed, how is it going today? It's very, very good. Thank you very much for uh, lining this up again and creating another episode of this debt series. Ahmed, the uh, writer of Compelling Emails. Yeah, it's like you manufactured an entire sentence there just so that you could drop in the title. Correct. I do that all the time. I do that for a living, pretty much, manufacturing sentences. So I'm not going to forget the announcements today. Yes. Okay. So if you're listening on iTunes, that's good. Please do go ahead and drop us a rating and a review on iTunes, assuming you've listened before and you like it. If you've never listened, then wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> See what you think. And if you like it, then we would appreciate a rating and review because what happens is iTunes ranks the shows that have good ratings and good reviews higher. So the more people that rate and review the show, um, the more visibility that we get and the more people get to benefit from the content. Exactly. Uh, and... Finally, get on our email list. If you're not already on the list, that is the best way for us to notify you of new episodes, new content right away. So you want to go to riskwise.com uh, and sign up for the, the, the email list, which is a little box at the top of the page there. And then you'll understand why Ahmed's title is Writer of Compelling Emails. Yeah, right. That too. Yep. So into today's episode, we yes. are going to give you five very, very practical tips to stay motivated on your journey to paying off debt. Yeah. So if you've been following us so far, this is now the, the fourth uh, installment of our debt series. And we wanted to cover this very important topic because for many people, paying off debt is not going to take one month or two months. It's going to take a number of months, if not a number of years. So staying motivated, keeping yourself to that task is going to be incredibly important if you're going to go to the distance. And, th and this is really where people slip up. There's a mm -hmm. lot of people that want to get out of debt. Trust right. me. I think you know, most people who have debt, you know, Muslim or non-Muslim, exactly. they want to get out of debt. Exactly. Right? So that's not the problem. Um, the problem is that despite the best of intentions, most people try and fail. Yeah, unfortunately. And, and if you're someone who is in debt, then it's probably true for you as well. You've tried in the past and you failed. Mm -hmm. And what we really want to tackle this episode is we want to, to help you try and succeed and eliminate the barriers and the obstacles that usually make you slip up. Exactly. So let's dive in. Let's do it. Five different things. Number one, Ahmed. So our first tip is go back to your intention. We mm -hmm. talked about intentions. Well, I mean, we talk about intentions a lot, and that's that's you know part of of the whole ethos of the risk-wise approach, is that uh, you know as the Prophet Sallallahu said, actions are judged by their intentions. Right. A good and a, a sincere intention. Actually, I think one of the Salaf had said that a sincere intention opens up seventy doors of tawfiq. Or, oh, wow. di or divine grace. Mm -hmm. So intention is really for us, it's where it all begins, right? right? If you have a sincere intention and you're sincere with Allah about why you want to get out of debt and your commitment and your resolve to getting out of debt and you ask him for his support and his help, then Allah will be there for you. And mm -hmm. if Allah is there for you, you don't need anyone else. 
Exactly. So go back to your intention and keep it front of mind. Um, I've seen people uh, do do really crazy things that work. Like <laughs> um, I know a guy who, uh, before he walks into a sales meeting, he's a salesperson. Yeah. Before before he walks into a sales meeting, he reads out his personal vision out loud in the car every time. Really. So he's got it printed out in a little piece of paper. He holds it up in front of him, and he reads out his personal vision, and. You know, long story short, I think his sales doubled in like three or four months after doing that, just because he found the motivation that he needed to have a good sales call or a sales meeting by reminding himself every single time he had a meeting of why he's doing this in the first place. Yeah. What wow. the point of all this is. That's what he needed to really help him push through. So so that's that's critical. Have your intention front of mind. If you'd like, write it down. Um, you know, put it on the wall, whatever it takes, but you've got to keep on reminding yourself of why you're doing this and why it's important to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because spending is so easy. It's so easy to spend money any time of the day, anytime, anywhere you are, anywhere you drive. It's so easy to spend money. You can spend money on your phone without leaving your couch. So constantly reminding yourself why this debt is something that you want to get rid of, that you need to get rid of, is absolutely pinnacle. Uh, that's a really good point. I think we talked a little bit about taking the appropriate measures to control your spending, whether it's cutting up your credit cards, which I certainly advise, whether it's switching to cash, which is a great idea. Yeah. And those are all great ideas, but ultimately you're in control, right? Ultimately, you're still going to be able to spend money if you really, really want to. Mm-hmm. So those things are important to do and you've got to do them. But then beyond that, really your intention is what's going to guide your behavior. Right. Absolutely. Number two. Number two, um, set realistic goals. Realistic being the key word here. Uh, if you've been through this debt reduction process and you've kind of fallen off the wagon and never really got back on it, um, one of the key reasons may be because the goals that you set for yourself were so incredibly difficult to attain that after the first month, when you didn't attain your goals, you got demotivated and thought, okay, well, you know, I thought I was going to be done in six months, but now the rate that I'm going, it's going to take me nine months. You know, this is not worth it. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, so, yeah, forget all this. That, that happens very often when we set two unrealistic goals that we, it, it's too difficult to hold ourselves accountable because it's not realistic in the first place. I mean, Ahmed and I have talked about the ideal, which is that every dollar that you don't need to spend, so anything that's not a necessary expense, you know, necessary housing, transportation, and food, those are your, your, your three main areas of necessary spending. Beyond that, Every dollar should be going towards paying off your debt so that you can have that off your head and live an easier, less stressed, more fulfilling life. But I recognize that not everybody is going to be able to do that, that every once in a while, if not every few weeks or hopefully not every week, but every once in a while, you're going to have to spend money on things that are not absolutely necessary. And if you do, you know, you shouldn't be beating yourself up about it and then, you know, losing motivation. The goal here, or what we want to accomplish in this this uh, piece, is the goal that you should set. Whether you and I think you should set, set goals every paycheck. You know, we've talked about how to align your payments with how uh, we talked about aligning your payments every time you get paid. That way, you're not trying to scramble at the end of the month to find money to pay, pay off debt. We should be doing that every paycheck. A little bit of debt goes away every paycheck automatically without you thinking about it, and we should celebrate that. You know, that is something that you should be able to hold yourself accountable to a realistic payment schedule that you know you'd be able to attain. Uh, and that's the first step here in creating 
keeping that motivation going. Because if you set realistic goals and, you know, every two weeks you give yourself a high five or, you know, your spouse gives you a high five, your family gives you a high five, like, yeah, good stuff. I mean, that is, that's the motivation that people need, that ongoing positive reinforcement that every human being needs. And, and don't think you don't need it too. Every human being needs that, not just kids, everybody needs positive reinforcement to make sure that they're on the right track. So, do make sure that you set a realistic, attainable goal of how much every paycheck is going to go towards debt, and then be happy when that happens every time. This one is, I think, admittedly tricky, right? Because on the one hand, we're saying set realistic goals, and on the other hand, in previous episodes, we're telling the story of a guy who, you know, went all in on debt. And actually, we've talked about the the importance of going all in on debt, mm-hmm. and the guy who paid off his mortgage in three years, or you know, and, and just lived like the most ridiculous lifestyle to be able to save the money to do that. So I think people might be thinking, well, you know, on the one hand, you're saying go all in. On the other, on the other hand, you're saying be realistic. And I think the way that we reconcile those two is you have to know what you're capable of, mm-hmm. right? Ultimately, we we want you to go all in, but going all in is is really with regards to the resolve and the commitment and the intention to get out of debt once and for all and to stick to your plan. And the ability too, right? I mean, we we talked about that example as an ideal to strive towards as an example to be like, yeah, if he does all these crazy things to get out of debt in three years, the sacrifices that you're going to have to make are not going to be the same as his. So take that, take stock that somebody's willing to do incredible changes to their life to get out of debt you can make some changes, right? If he can do that kind of stuff, then you can do some. And what we want from you isn't that you're just going to be, and what you should want from yourself isn't like, it shouldn't be crazy. It shouldn't be extreme. And therefore, if you can't do the extreme, then you can't do this at all. That's not the the, the what we're trying to, to show here when we talk about going all in. We want you to do everything that you absolutely can within the parameters of your reality. At the end of the day, because if Ahmed and I came here and said, look, the only way you can get out of debt is by, you know, moving in, moving your whole family into a one bedroom, share an apartment with two other families and only eat ramen noodle. And that's all that you're allowed to do to get out of debt. Everybody would turn us off and we wouldn't benefit anybody. Right. Uh, unless you're the kind of person that's motivated by that kind of thing. The guy in the mortgage story, I have a feeling like that's that like that's the kind of thing that really makes him tick. Mm-hmm. Like he needed that kind of a challenge. He needed something really, really bold, and he needed to have to take really drastic measures to be able to do what he did. Otherwise, perhaps he wouldn't have been motivated. And that and that's a certain type of personality, and you know if you're that person or not. But mm-hmm. I think the the other important point here is that recognize that when we're when we talk about reducing your spending and adjusting your budget, we're really talking about resetting your habits. Mm-hmm. And habits don't get reset overnight. Right. And go back and listen to the episode on habits. It's one of the earlier episodes that we did. It's really, really important, though. Habits, habit formation and habit change takes time. It's a process. And one of the, the most fatal mistakes you can make in that process is trying to tackle too many habits at once. Mm-hmm. So if you say to yourself, look, I want to cut my budget in half next month. Wow. I'm going to go and tell you that you're crazy because that's probably resetting you know, I don't even know, five or six different habits. And if you try to do all of those at once, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. More realistic would be, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna cut out this habit this month, or I'm going to change this habit, or I'm going to tweak that habit this month. And then incrementally, you start to reduce your budget, budget step by step. And then over time, it's going to add up to a lot. And that's, it may feel, it may feel not as, as satisfying because you're not making those drastic changes, but over the long haul, 
that's almost always going to generate the, the, the largest results. Exactly. Small actions repeated consistently over time. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. You'll hear that from us over and over and over again, because that is the true agent of change for sure. Number three, I like this one. Go for it. Know how much interest you're paying on a daily basis. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. So we've talked about creating that inventory of debt, right? So hopefully everybody has this written down somewhere. Um, you know how much debt you have, who you owe it to, what the interest is, and what the minimum payment is. We've talked about all that before. I'm going to add another column onto that inventory of debt. And that is the daily interest charge per debt. And, uh, you know, if you have 10, do this 10 times. It's very, very easy math. And that way we know how much interest you're paying on these debts every day. That way every day we can think, all right, I got $10 I could go out and buy lunch with or I could use to pay off this debt. And if I, of course, spend it on lunch, I'm not reducing this debt and what I'm paying in interest every day continues. It doesn't go down. So know how much interest you pay on a daily basis. And it's very easy. This is the calculation. We'll put this in the show notes. For all of those items, every line that you have on your debt inventory, the next column at the end is going to be a very simple calculation where it is just the principal, so how much debt you owe, the outstanding balance, times the interest rate, divided by 365. That's it. So if you have $10,000 and the interest rate's 10%, that's $1,000 a year that you're paying in interest. Divide that number by 365, which I can't do in my head. It's probably about three something, $3-ish. That's how much interest you're paying on that debt a day. Three bucks a day on interest every single day. And that's just one of them. Do the next one and the next one and the next one all the way down the line. Principal times interest rate divided by 365. That tells you, and at the end of that, you can add that whole column up and say, all right, well, what's the total interest that I'm paying per day on all of my debts combined? And hopefully you're sitting down when you see that because I might be shocking. <laughs> How much interest is coming out of your wallet every single day? And I think for many people, when they see that, and if they put this somewhere visible, this inventory somewhere visible, it's a daily reminder, man, every day I'm spending $48 just on interest every day. Mm. And that's one mathematical way for us to get this understanding of the true cost of our debt. What is it really costing you every day? It, most people don't know. Right? I mean, most people don't know any of the stuff that's on that inventory sheet that you've completed. So getting that one extra piece of information, I think, can be very motivating. Yeah, that's... That's that's painful. There's no way to look at it otherwise. It's it's just painful. But it, but it has to be done, and hopefully you can channel that pain into some you know some kind of positive energy and motivation to help you see see that through. Because every time you pay off a debt, that number goes down. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's really what you should be tracking, right? Month by month, watch that number fall until it gets to zero. Exactly. Number four is to have an accountability partner. Yeah. This is something that Saeed and I both feel very strongly about, and this is something mm -hmm. that you'll hear quite often in the you know, kind of the personal development space. Anytime you want to go about any any serious process of change, yeah. Um, it, if you if you leave it to yourself and you just kind of do it on your own, then there's really no implications of not doing it. Yeah. There's no no real consequences. I can do it, or I can just not do it. 
Yep. And not doing it as well, it's much easier, usually, right? <laughs> so the the idea of an accountability partner is that you partner up with somebody that keeps you honest. And ideally, it's somebody that's on the same journey as you. Now, in this mm-hmm. case, I would say it doesn't have to be someone else who's in debt because you know, you may not want to admit to another friend that you're in debt and, and that may, that's fine, but maybe it's just somebody that wants to save money. So maybe yep. the challenge between you and, and your accountability partner is, you know, we want to save X amount of money every month. And on your end, that goes towards debt reduction. And on their end, they do whatever they want with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that kind of accountability is really powerful because what happens is you agree to to meet and review results and discuss on a you know, whatever, a weekly or a biweekly or monthly basis. And when you know you've got that meeting coming up, and it's got to be somebody that you respect, right? It's got to mm-hmm. be somebody that, you know, you, you you would feel shy saying, I failed this month. I didn't yeah. I didn't do what I needed to do. Um, then, then when you know that meeting's coming up and you know you've got a deadline and you know you've got to report to somebody, it's like a boss, right? Like mm-hmm. if you've got a job, right? When you have your weekly meeting or biweekly meeting with your boss, usually... Most of the work gets done the day before, right? Or a couple of days before, right? Like you're scrambling to prepare for that meeting. It's the same thing. When you know you have that appointment with your accountability partner coming up, it's extra motivation to make sure you do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you have to look very hard to find an accountability partner. I think almost everybody in your life wants to reduce how much they spend, whether they're in debt or not, as Ahmed said. I think almost everybody in your life, and maybe I'm biased because the people who uh, talk to me tend to be listeners of RiskWise and they're all you know, on the same train of wanting to be um, good with their money. But I, I think that you will find many people in your life who want to do right by their future and who want to spend less. Many people are spending money needlessly. They may recognize that on some level and have you know, no power to actually, no, no idea of how, how to start to rectify that situation. So if you want to point them to RiskWise, great. We'd be happy to, to share what we have with them. But I really don't think you have to look very hard to find somebody that you can say, hey, um, so I want to go on a spending fast for the next few months, but I need an accountability partner. I want somebody to help keep me motivated to save $250 every paycheck. But I wanted to do this, go on this journey with somebody who also had a very similar goal. Do you, does it make sense to you? Do you want to have a similar a tag team system where we both encourage each other to save money every paycheck? And I bet you nine times out of ten, the person that you ask will say yes. I'll bet, who I'll bet you could find a group, to be honest. That might even be better. <laughs> you might yeah. be able to find a group of like four or five friends and you and you set up a challenge. And actually, I mean think about where and how you spend most of your money right if you're if you're a young person and most of your money is spent going out with friends make them your group <laughs> yeah absolutely cuz you guys are all encouraging each other to go out and spend money on whatever movies restaurants stuff that you you forget about at the end of the month that they actually occurred but they cost you 20 30 50 bucks every time you do it and they probably all as much as they love spending time with you they probably all also want to save money, you know, maybe they have debt they want to get rid of, but they don't want to give up spending time with you. So maybe that they become your group of accountability and you all figure out better ways to spend your money and spend time together. Yeah. Two words. Netflix chill. <laughs> it costs $8 a month. Okay. R- ramen noodles. <laughs> so you don't know this, Ahmed, because you're not a very big pop culture guy, but there is a very big um, innuendo in those two words. Oh, really? 
Yeah, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay, I, I plead ignorance, so I can't yes, be attacked. I know, I know Ahmed well. He doesn't know these things. But uh, yeah, hanging out at somebody's home versus a restaurant. This is what I get for use for trying to be cool and trying to use pop. This is what I get. I just fall hey, flat on my face. Listen, I'll give you pro- like points for the A for effort, bro. A for effort. I just see words on Facebook and I use them. Which yeah. is not, not that not that wise. <laughs> I know, I know. Urban Dictionary is your friend, but um, no, I, the, the intention behind what you're saying is absolutely true. You guys, if you have friends and you like hanging out with them, they like hanging out with you. It doesn't have to be at a place that costs you twenty, thirty, forty, fifty bucks just to see your friends. You don't have to do it that way. And I'm sure that you can find a way that makes more sense from a budgetary standpoint if all of you are on the same path, same goal of we all do want to save money. We also want to see each other at the same frequency. We still want to have fun. We still want to crack jokes. We still want to get to know each other. We still want to do all that stuff. But we also don't want to spend like $200 a month doing it. So can we all find a way that makes sense? And I bet you your friends will all say, we'll jump at the chance and we'll love you for being the leader of this particular endeavor that's going to help them be better with their money. So try it out. The other obvious one is is, is your spouse, if you're married, because you probably spend a lot of time together. I, I, at least I hope you do. <laughs> and and that, you know, and you might spend a lot of money, right? So <laughs> that was the wrong time for me to take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on. Number, Number five. five, create milestones and rewards. Okay, so we've talked about this a little bit before, um, but everybody needs positive reinforcement. Everybody, not just pets and ch- and kids. Every human being, no matter what the age, no matter what the deal, everyone needs positive reinforcement. That somebody tells you or you tell yourself or you reward yourself in some way for doing good, right? Doing the action that is good isn't always enough. Sometimes you need a bit of an external reward to help keep that motivation going. And if you've done this before and you've fallen off the wagon of being financially secure, think about it. Did you do this? Yeah. D- did you give yourself a reward every time you achieved a predefined milestone? Predefined. It, it feels it feels wrong. It feels childish too, right? Yeah, it feels like why should I reward myself? It's only been a week or a month and I barely have I barely done anything and that reward probably costs money. It just I think there's a sense of guilt there. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, what rewards, you know, I, I don't know if everybody knows this, but how many you know this? I, I did psych and science back in university. So we did a lot of studying on uh, the effect, what things affect long term behavior. And, you know, is it punishments? Do we beat our kids? Do we reward our kids? What do we do to make, you know, good behavior change? And the, the research is very, very clear on this negative punishment. So positive punishment is where you do something that people don't, don't like. So if you beat your kids, that's not going to affect them positively, obviously, right? We can kind of know that now, that beating your kids is not going to get them to behave better in the long run. It'll just get them to, you know, not do bad things in front of you, right? Positive rewards, though, when we actually give them something, to then when they do something good. So, for example, people yell at their kids when their kids interrupt them when they're on the phone, Okay. But they don't praise their kids when their kids don't interrupt them on the phone and say, thank you very much for giving me time on the phone and that I had to, you know, have that discussion with your grandma. We don't add that praise. So that long-term behavior change doesn't really occur. And this is researched very, very well in child psychology. The same thing happens with us. When we do make an intention to do something, the default assumption is we're going to do it. And if we don't do it, if we fall off the wagon, we're going to get into all this negative self-talk. 
and say, how could I? I'm so stupid. Why did I do that? That was dumb. I feel guilty. And we're just going to add all this punishment on ourselves. But the research shows punishment doesn't affect long-term behavior change. So stop doing it. What does affect long-term behavior change is positive rewards. So rather than giving yourself all this negative self-talk and guilt when you fall off the wagon, reward yourself for staying on the wagon. That reminds me of a story. The other day I was, uh, I was uh, after Khalidus, my daughter's skating lessons, mm-hmm. I usually take her for hot chocolate. Are you and, on the ice with her? Uh, no, no, no. She, she's got a teacher and stuff. So do you, I, do you I, skate though? Like on, do you ice skate yourself? I've been playing hockey since I was six. Yeah, oh yeah. I, every time you say you go play hockey, for some reason I assume it's it's street hockey. No, no, it's I, ice hockey. Okay. Yeah. So she's in skating lessons, and every time uh, after we're done on the way home, I go and I take her and, and get and buy her hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're on the way to, to Tim Hortons, and um, just as we're about to get there, I get a phone call, and it's an important phone call. Um, none less for my accountant, right? It's like not even like, it's not even interesting. It's like the most boring phone call ever. So I'm <laughs> sitting in, in, in the parking lot and I just, oh, Khadija, I got to take this call. It'll be a couple of minutes. Okay. And she's sitting in her car seat and 30 minutes later, I'm still oh, on no. the phone <laughs> and, oh, she's, and she's waiting for her hot chocolate, right? It's not like, this is serious business. It's a hot chocolate. It's this not is a joke. Pre- you did the, you got the call and took the call before you got her the hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. I thought it'd be quick, but we ended up talking for like thirty minutes. Okay. And then at the end of it, I hung up and I just realized, oh my god, I've been talking for thirty minutes, and the kids waiting for hot chocolate. And I look back and like not a peep. She didn't say a word. She didn't complain. She didn't mind. She's just quiet, just waiting. And I was like, thank you so much. So, you want two hot chocolates? You want a croissant? You want a donut? You want? (laughs) Yeah. What do you want? I'll give you whatever you want. Right. And and yeah, I mean it's true. I mean as a parent. I've seen this, and I'm sure you've seen it too, that that kind of positive reinforcement is so much more powerful mm-hmm. than any kind of punishment or negative um, negative reinforcement. Um, to use another example from kind of the more uh, health and fitness realm, uh, I found in terms of sticking to a diet, my wife and I are both on a you know pseudo-paleo diet, and, and we've had our ups and downs, mm-hmm. but I, I, I've resigned myself now to a once-a-week cheat meal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the best thing. I'm not too happy about it. I don't. I don't always feel good doing it, but just knowing that I have that once a week outlet, that goes a long way in keeping me honest the rest of the week. So that cheat meal is it like a box of donuts? No, there's limits on that too. There's 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 certainly boundaries. I mean, I try to stay away from gluten even within the cheat meal. So what you're saying, and this is kind of very very applicable to what we're talking about, is that the reward may be a little bit antithetical to your goal, but it has a very tight constraint and it brings you happiness and joy. It's just enough to keep you on track. Yeah. So in the spending thing, if you're trying to keep yourself motivated to not spending, the goal may be loosening the purse strings, you know, every month. Let's say after you've had four successful paychecks where you've put down your targeted amount on your debt. It doesn't have to be four consecutive, just four uh, paychecks or five or whatever it is, then you loosen up the purse strings and maybe, you know, grab a burrito or you do, you know, dinner at home with your family, uh, takeout on a Friday night or something like that. So you do end up spending and it kind of feels like a step backwards, but that little bit of outlet, that release of pressure a little bit to give yourself a little bit of spending. And what, again, whatever is meaningful to you, maybe it's not burritos, maybe it's something else. Uh, maybe it's a video game. I don't know. That would be mine. Um, maybe who knows what it is, but maybe it's a little bit of frivolous spending 
but you've constrained it to a specific parameter and maybe it's four pay. I'd say, you know, pick a number of paychecks, four, six, not, not 10, that's too many, you know, four, five, six paychecks where you've hit your target debt repayments. They don't have to be six consecutive paychecks. That's a little too difficult. So after six paychecks of putting the your, your targeted amount against your debt, do something, maybe. Give yourself that positive reward. It'll affect long-term behavior change, inshallah. Inshallah. Sounds good. Saeed, anything to add before we wrap up? No, I think, uh, I hope this has been useful for everybody and we've given people some good ideas. Um, we uh, are going to put some stuff in the show notes there, like that calculation, and then uh, some reference material, some links um, for you to read more about this. Excellent. So if you are not already on the email list, please head on over to riskwise.com and sign up there. If you're on iTunes, please do leave us a review. And if you think that if you know anybody who might benefit from the show, and it's not just about debt, we're talking about debt right now, but we cover the whole gamut of personal finance from debt to saving to budgeting to investing to really overall how to have a better relationship with money and use it to your advantage. Mm -hmm. If you know anyone, and that should be everyone who needs yeah. to hear this stuff, then please do share and send them the link and, um, and, and share the content with them. And inshallah, we will we'll all work to improve together. Inshallah. Saeed, thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.